Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Well, well, well. Looky here. Look who it is. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey there, Marcus. What's up, Ogie? I hear you're a big shot now on that Greg Goldman show. How about coming in the tent for a little drink? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all right, Frank. You know, I got a, got a big show tonight, and, uh... Oh, looky here, fellas. Big time, Ogie. Can't spare a second to drink with his old boys. Yo, ho! Can you help an old pal out with a bit of that show business money? Uh, yeah, sure. Just, uh, just give me a second here. Ogie, we're just trying to get together a little money and get Larry out of jail. Oh. No, Larry's Larry's in jail. Shucks. Okay, how much is bail? Hey, hey, hey! Give the man some space. Been a long time, Joey. Uh, he, here, Marcus. This is this is for Larry. Step into my office, Joey. Something big must be troubling you for you to come here alone. Especially since everyone in the city's seen your face on the television, in the papers, and heard it on the radio. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just got nowhere else to go. Everyone else is just telling me I'm, whatever I'm doing is wrong or just doesn't seem to care. About what? Well, alright. See, Greg's show's been doing pretty well, you know? I'm real happy for him and all, but but it's become pretty clear to me over the last few weeks that people who are running the show, they're setting him up. There's this contract they want to make him sign that it's going to make his show more prestigious, but his agent's going to take a pretty big cut of what the show makes. And then the actual show, they're just like exploiting his temper, giving him better ratings and even more money, you know... And it's, it's really taking a toll on him. You know, I just don't think that's right to do to a person. <laughs> You've changed, Joey. Take a look around. A lot of people would do or let anything happen around here if the only drawback is looking a little foolish for better ratings or more money. Yeah, but... You know, it's just it's just hard to see him all worked up like that. It's It's hurting him. Don't you want him to be all worked up? That's the whole reason you're not here right now. We've all stood on Times Square watching him on the big TV. If he didn't get so mad, you might be back here next to me right now. Yeah, you're right. I I owe Greg in that show for, you know, where I live, sleep, eat, just about everything. Maybe I should just let it go. It ain't hurting me that bad, and... I just hate to see someone getting taken advantage of, you know? Yeah, yeah. Remember a couple years back when the mayor sent those guys down from City Hall to help pick up trash around the camp? Oh, yeah. The same ones who considered our tents and clothes trash? Yeah. When they was taking down Larry's tent the day after he got let out of jail, and he was all shaking real bad from not drinking, and he was sick on top of that, you stood up to him, Joey. Told him how you felt. Said you can move my stuff, but you ain't gonna move his. Cause it ain't trash or belongings we're dealing with here. 
It ain't pieces of cardboard or chunks of property they're taking up. They're human beings, and they don't deserve to be treated like that. Yeah. Yeah, I did tell him something like that. Well, there you go, Joey. You had the answer all along. You didn't need to come all the way out here to know it. Right. Yeah. But I figured that maybe I could, you know, know exactly what to say to Greg. You'll know when you know, Joey. Just trust yourself. You're a good man with a good heart. Don't you ever forget that. Brooklyn bound to Express Train. The next stop is Fulton Street. Yo. Greg. Oh, hey, Fox. Just wanted to take a minute and, you know, check in and see if you have any questions about the new contract, you know? It's very important that you sign it this week to be eligible for the Okerlands in L.A. What's that in the background? Uh, nothing, you know? No bums have been bothering me today, at least in this car. Wait, where the hell are you? I'm on the subway. Subway? Greg, you have a driver that takes you to the show each week. I do my best thinking on the subway. Well, can you, uh, get off the subway? Well, uh, my stop ain't for a while. Besides, I, uh, I got a lot of thinking to do. Right, right. Sure, Greg. You do your thinking. Just know that I am right here by your side the whole time. Right, Fox. Well, there's been one thing that I was thinking about. Something, you know, Hokey's been talking to me a little bit about, too. And I gotta be honest with you, I'm starting to feel this way, too, right? Maybe this whole demolition thing, this whole thing you were going on about last week, isn't really a good thing for me, you know? I'm, I'm kind of being set up to look like a fool, you know? And all that makes me feel, you know, is really fucking dumb. Greg, <laughs> listen to me. I've been in show business for a long, long time. Let me pass on a little industry truth from one star to another. You don't have to be dumb to play the fool. Well, all right, I get that, but... Even if I know I'm pretending to be something, to be up there all mad and starting arguments and looking like a goddamn fool when I'm up there on stage, I still feel dumb, you know? I just I just don't know if I can keep feeling that way, Fox. Like, this can't be the best version of me, Fox, can it? God damn it, Greg. Okay. I guess I can't say anything that would change the way you feel while you're up there. But let me tell you exactly what would be dumb, okay? Someone who's dumb would pass up this wonderful opportunity that just fell right into his lap. Someone who's dumb wouldn't be able to throw aside their ego or their pathetic little feelings so they can manufacture that sweet, sweet outrage and do what needs to be done to succeed in this industry. Someone who's dumb would want to give up their penthouse in Manhattan and move back to that shit-heap apartment in Queens. Someone who's dumb would not only want to give up their dreams, but chew them up, spin them out, sell them again, and vomit them onto a street corner. Okay, okay, God, I get it, Fox, I get it. I just, look, I know I'm the one whose name is on the show, but it's just hard to keep looking hokey in the fucking eye and keep doing this. He's my best fucking friend, man, I trust him. But does he trust you, Greg? 
Does Hoagie trust you to make the right decisions for your show? Stand uh, clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah, uh... My stop's here, Fox. Uh, I gotta go. Greg, sign the contract. We're going to L.A. next week. Be ready. Boys, episode 41. My name is Brett Jagger along with Beaumont Rand. Hello, how we doing? Hello, uh, I'm okay. It's rainy as hell here. I really, think it's rain, both... it's rain, it's rainy and sensitive. Oh, it's been pouring all morning. Yeah, is it not down there? No, it's it's uh pretty sunny, sun's out. Really, wow, yeah, yeah it's crazy. been raining all morning. So, yeah, uh, we're doing this remotely. Uh, yeah, I'm here, you're there, and uh, and yeah, I think we're, I think we're both slightly hungover, but not Probably. really too bad, but you know, not firing on all cylinders. But, uh, speaking of firing on all cylinders, uh, you guys uh, heard it last week just as we did. Uh, we had no idea what the final edit was going to include and our episode started with uh, a newsreel of sorts uh, about the Greg Goldman hour and how it's top of the charts and sports wrestling, everything. And uh, it's fucking unbelievable. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to think. I would Uh, say it should be news to news to people, but apparently everyone listens to it. I mean, if you hit play, you know, uh, on our thing, you hear it, you know, and, and so Apparently he's getting his own downloads separate than, than what we yeah. did, which is, you know, kind of baffling. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I you know, something last tycoon and Fox are obviously, you know, doing, I guess uh, something that we're, you are, we are made to be unaware of. Clearly. Although kudos to Evan Ingram who said, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> Hoagie's cool though, which I agree. Hoagie's is tight and yeah. whatever. I mean, I, you know, yeah, this sucks. Like, Obviously, we were the ones, of course, who wanted to have success. And, you know, I don't think we ever thought we would ever be top of the charts in anything at this point. You know, we're almost a year in. But to see him somehow doing that, but I guess it makes sense. I mean, you were right. What did you term the train wreck? Uh, The RSX Union Pacific, you know, uh, certainly doesn't feel like it now, you know. Um, Well, I mean, that prognostication was wrong but but you know like i don't think it's over between i i I don't think you know he's fully beaten i didn't you know yeah and i guess uh the okerland awards are coming up in la which we know greg is nominated for pretty much every award under the sun um not nominated for every award under the sun but we're going we've been invited yeah we'll we'll be there there. (laughs) and uh hopefully we can confront greg in some way shape or form like you know peacefully just we haven't fucking seen the guy and obviously he was a part of our lives for a couple of months and like Bo said this is not over between us and him and whatever capacity that means but 
yeah, we're not we're not going to take this lion down. No, and uh, I don't know. Maybe you know one thing about Greg. Uh, nothing really seems you know like you kind of when you make these, you're going to have these classic things that sort of go wrong, kind of like what we're dealing with now. You know, maybe you know he's got that coming. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we've uh, certainly had our high points that uh, have uh, followed by low points, and uh, yeah, I feel like he's been riding too high that uh, it can't continue that long. Uh, some of the guests he's been getting were pretty interesting, though. Uh, again, I guess that's last tycoon money and all everything, but connections, yeah, yeah. Weird. I don't know who that guy from Philly was a couple weeks ago, but. Yeah, I don't know. That's all been wild. Seemed like a nice dude. Yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, we'll be at the Oakerlands or in LA, I guess, next week, probably. Uh, we haven't really figured that out yet. But uh, next week's episode, I'm sure, will be interesting. Um, moving along, just want to get a few you know, bits of news out there and just a few well wishes. Uh, one to good old JR, Jim Ross, just announced yesterday he has skin cancer. Uh, obviously he was still on dynamite last night and is doing well enough, but I, that's no joke. So best of wishes to Jr. And hopefully that all gets taken care of soon. Yeah. One of the best to ever do it, you know? Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully he doesn't have to miss. Cause I know this is, you know, she's sort of nearing his end as a, sort of a weekly commentator. So yeah. ho- hopefully he doesn't miss too much time because, you know, we don't really have that much of it with him behind the table left. So. Agreed. Yes, good call. And then also, just on another kind of sad-ish note, uh, two matches this week, one in New Japan, one in AEW, uh, were ended very abruptly due to injury. Um, One we saw last night on Dynamite, that was Lance Archer against Eddie Kingston, which, you know, we won't talk a ton about, but Archer did a moonsault, which he does a lot, and just under-rotated and his arms did hit first, but he landed right on the top of his head. And, you know, immediately, you know, that something's up. And then the moment he rolled out of the ring and you can see the refs talking to him, the doctors talking to him, it's like, he's not okay. Mm -hmm. And they needed to find a way to end it. And, you know, Eddie got the roll up and they got it done, which is good. And Archer did tweet after the, you know, you know, the match that he's okay and he's going to be back, but you know, that he knows this is what he does. They put their bodies on the line. He's done it hundreds of times and it just was a you know a mistake, but yeah. that these things can happen in wrestling. It's dangerous. And uh, you know, hopefully he's okay and all well and good. And I heard he made it back to the locker room under his own power. So it's good. Um, and that was a very, very fun match that, uh, you know, it's a shame. And then in the G1 Climax final, 25 minutes into it, Abushi versus Okada. Abushi goes for the Phoenix splash off the top rope and just hits the mat. It was a miss. You know, Okada moved, hits the mat so hard. I thought he, like, broke his nose at first. He, like, smacked his face. And I guess I didn't even hear for sure if it was a dislocated shoulder, elbow. At first, they thought he might have broke his arm. But that match was stopped almost immediately. They yeah. rang the bell. Like, the camera was just on Okada sitting in the corner, and then they just rang the bell, and it's like, holy shit, this is serious. And, wow. like, Abushi was still wanting to go. And, mm-hmm. like, because he's just kind of a maniac. And, like, yeah. literally, he couldn't even move. They had to unscrew the ropes to even get him out of the ring. Jeez. So it was bad. Um, I haven't heard anything since. 
Um, you know, as you know, he's one of my favorites. I think Okada was going to win anyway, which mm-hmm. is probably why they went that route and just like, this guy can't continue. Um, but yeah, just crazy for two matches in a week to have these two big injuries and just, you know, again, like I think other people, Graham said it when we were on him, like we don't thank the wrestlers enough for just what they do for the fans on a night in night out basis. Mm-hmm. Like they are putting their bodies and their lives on the line to some degree. And it, it's the unfortunate part of the business. And, uh, let's just hope both men have a speedy recovery and, uh, hopefully we don't see too, too many more injuries like that. Yeah, for sure. It's scary and unfortunate. Yes. Yes. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, on to more positive stuff. Um, we hope, oh, and real quick, let me get a quick plug in. I, uh, was on a fellow visionaries global media show this week, view from the top rope, replacing our buddy diesel who just had his first child, a baby boy, Benji. So congrats, Diesel. Congrats, Diesel. Congrats, Diesel. Diesel. So congrats to you and Emily and well wishes to baby Benji. But um, just wanted to mention, I talked a lot about the G1 on that episode with Chad. We talked some NFL. We talked some horror movies, um, some Halloween candy. Had a lot of fun with Chad. So give that a listen. Um, It's always fun to kind of break out of our format here and uh, had a really good time. Also got to recount the story. I don't know if you heard all the way. Oh, oh yeah, Chad. I did. Of finding out why it's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoyed I, I did that. Hear that. Yeah, I did hear that, that we finally got to uncork that. Yeah, so we would have talked about that on the way home from Milwaukee on that trip. Chad found out his wife was pregnant that night, and it was just a oh, funny yeah. way to cap the trip. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, like a true exclamation point. Yeah, the things had just built, and that was that was in, and you know, <laughs> not a lot could have topped that. You know, no, not no. a lot, not a lot can be a bigger exclamation point. So good stuff. We love those guys. Check out View from the Top Rope and all the shows on the wonderful Visionaries Global Media Network. And while I'm plugging things, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Brainbuster Boys. Hey, we got them in. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope you enjoyed our interview last week with. Uh, former impact x division champ rohit raju we had a great time with him talked with him for over an hour funny dude just shared his journey through wrestling his influences and uh, you really put him through the ringer there uh, at the end with the lightning round he did it to himself yeah he really did uh no but hope you enjoyed that and he kind of gave us some inspiration on a certain match and you know what it's been many many weeks Let's fire right back into it, baby. If you recall. Let's do it. You know what? I got kind of laxed on it after all this Goldman Hour bullshit started and just kind of stepped back and like, you know what? Let's just get through these shows. But Rohit mentioned a match that I wanted to watch with you and tis the season as it was Halloween Havoc 1997 in one of, if not the best matches in WCW history, where Rey Mysterio in a mask versus title match defeats Eddie Guerrero to win the Cruiserweight Championship. I don't have the time in front of me, but I think it's like 13 minutes, 50 seconds. And boy, oh boy, did they pack a lot into that time, did they not? Yeah, you know, there's pretty much, you know, if there's a wrestling equivalent of white, white space or negative space, there wasn't really any... Yeah. You know, there wasn't, it, it just kind of started going and, you know, it was holds, it was flippy grippy, you know, people were flying all over the place and, uh, 
<laughs> big, yeah, yeah. big impact moves from Eddie Guerrero, who mm-hmm. was on offense for, you know, probably about 75% of the match. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Yeah, you know, like, and even for that sort of dimensions, like, it's still, you know, maintained a good level of excitement and intrigue. And I never really oh, felt yeah. that, like, he was, like, always on the precipice of winning and there were all these sort yeah. of just near falls and, and kickouts, these close kickouts. It seemed, you know, still very even, even though he very clearly, you know, did get in most of the offense. Of the yeah. And, and I had honestly kind of forgotten before the match to even tell you, cause I, you know, this is a match I've seen probably 10 times and watched and loved it as a kid, but it's just been a while and I'd been saving it actually to watch with you. Uh, but I'd forgotten that Ray put his mask on the line and, you know, one of the commentators mentions that like halfway through the match. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that kind of telegraphs who wins it for you there. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, a little. And so I guess, yeah, to that, you know, which is something I guess I didn't know was Ray Mysterio's never been unmasked. Kurt, well, oh, no, actually, he has uh, okay. WCW in like 99, like when they were starting their downswing. The logo era. Yeah. Right before that, probably. But yeah, so I don't even remember the story. At that point, WCW was tanking and it was dumb and meaningless, but they did unmask him. And he was part of a group called like the Filthy Animals, where they were like Mexican rappers and whatever. Mm -hmm. Just nonsense. But yeah, like the geek is like WWE has played it off like he's never been unmasked. And there's obviously been memes where like there's clearly so much footage with him unmasked. But uh, it's something that's kind of looked you know, look the other way on because it's just like an unfortunate era of uh, yeah. wrestling. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so anywho. Um, and also you know, this had... was pretty early on the card too. It, it was match know, number three. Match yeah, number three. Actually... So, so, so not in a slot, you know, that you would typically think like, you know, oh yeah. Yeah. And you know what the second match on this card was? So this was when WCW and New Japan were working quite a bit together. It was Chris Jericho versus a guy named Gato who – is currently Jay White's manager and is the booker of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, so, uh, okay. Huh. And then the opening match was Yuji Nagata, who we saw against Moxley here in AEW wrestling the Ultimo Dragon. So that's a fun, like, again, huh. that's a fun pay-per-view overall, like some really fun matches. What, what, um, what headline? I believe it was Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper. Um, And again, WCW at this time, like the undercard was the best shit. Like their main events were often just a fucking mess, like overbooked, you know, always Hulk Hogan bullshit, especially this era. It was NWO. Mm. Um, So it was just a lot of nonsense. So like these cruiserweight matches, like are what really was carrying the shows truly at that time. I mean, they're, Main event, like, angles were always good, but the matches never really delivered. Uh, not quite like this one. But, uh, you know, typically we kind of go through all the moves and we've kind of approached this one a little differently because we haven't done it in a while. But uh, is there anything else, I don't know, that you've written down or any moves or anything that really stood out to you? Uh, when Rey Mysterio did that kind of jump, flip, scissor kick thing out of the ring, yeah, that was pretty like cool. The- yeah, the flip over the top rope and Eddie kind of caught him and then he head scissored him onto the floor. Yeah, yeah that was an amazing move. Yeah, Eddie. Then, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah. And then sort of a lot of Eddie's like kind of like whenever he, Ray Mysterio a lot would come off the top of he caught Ray Mysterio a lot. 
and would several kinda, times yeah. hit probably hit him with like four backbreakers. Back yeah, yeah, very, yeah. You know, so one was like a tilt a whirl, one was just a, and always like a lot of force on Eddie's moves in this match. Yeah, and those like backbreakers are kind of a pretty sort of a, a very like stationary kind of move, you know, where it's just very vertical. You know, it made yeah. it seem a lot more exciting than in what's sort of a very, you know, kind of more static standard kind of move. I feel like yeah, Eddie hit a big brain buster into that fierce tilt a whirl backbreaker, and even earlier in the match, it was something I pointed out to you, just a very quick moment that I just love the execution of it. Um, Ray is kind of like going like to a cartwheel and he like kind of bounces up and Eddie catches him and in one fell swoop just hammers him with like a suplex and just the smoothness and execution is just so perfect and just right. something that's overlooked in this match because it's so damn good. Yeah. Um, Eddie ripping at the mask multiple times. And I like how the re- or the commentators reference because he's Ray's got the body suit. The mask is actually attached to the suit because he tried to unmask him before. Um, yeah, just so much good shit, you know, down the stretch, the way it ended was pretty insane. Um, you know, Eddie goes for his tech, his textbook frog splash. Right. Ray moves out of the way. So he kind of does a little flip over. Mm-hmm. And they end up kind of on the top rope and Eddie has Ray up for like a razor's edge, razor Ramones move. And as he's bringing him down, he hits the hurricane Rana pins the leg up and a one, two, three. And uh, yeah, yeah, just like, 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 a, like a very sudden finish, but it was, it was, it was good. Like, a good yeah, finish. like you said, just high very octane fitting. the whole time. And like, not there were near falls, but like you said, not a ton, but the match could have ended at any oh, moment. Yeah. Well, well, it's just kind of how it was built, you know? Yeah. And it didn't slow down to that, to that, to that oh, sort no. of slower pace where it was just like, all right, here's, you know, a near fall, here's a near, fall, you know, like it, it didn't need that, you know, yeah. which that, that seems to be a pretty classic, just kind of just general Agreed. wrestling trip that I picked up on. But like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it didn't need that. And that was refreshing. Yeah, the drama was there without that. Like, mm-hmm. just the way the moves were executed and the pace and the force. Uh, yeah. yeah, and... Uh, and one other move that stood out kind of in the middle of the match, their hands were kind of clasped. And again, like, Ray, like, bounced mm-hmm. to the top rope, flipped and hit Eddie with the DDT. Like... Mm-hmm. I mentioned to you right after we watched the match, like for 1997 in American wrestling, like this was a pretty damn innovative match. And like, you just didn't see shit like this. And especially yeah. when you're a nine year old kid and really starting to get into this shit, it's like, Whoa. Yeah. And uh, Eddie was always one of my favorites. And of course, Ray too, but I loved the heel Eddie and would always be him in the WCW NWO revenge. And one of my buddies reca- always would recount the story of me as like a third grader, just yelling, I'm Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> and uh, I think that's a good way to end it here, partner. Good deal. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Boy, it was fun to do that again. Yeah. It had been too. It's Saturday night, and you know what that means. It's time for the Greg Goldman Hour. And live from Studio J in Queens, New York, he's more famous than Giants Titan Evan Ingram, New York's favorite, Pete's Greg. Everybody, 
The Giants, well, uh, well, you know what? Let's fucking start out with something a little different today. Somehow it happened. It fucking happened. Yeah, yeah. what happened, Greg? The fucking Devils. The New Jersey fucking Devils started off 2 and fucking 0, undefeated. Like, somehow, like, fuck. They beat the stupid fucking hairline fracture Kraken. They fucking suck. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Things looking up all of a sudden. Yeah, looking like the playoffs might be in the picture. Hell, even Stanley Cup. Maybe maybe one of our teams aren't going to fucking suck this year. Well, yeah, Greg, uh, that's, a, that's a plus. That's a big plus. World changing for the better. Dark clouds dissipating, ordering your eggs sunny side up. Yeah, you got that right, Hoags. Uh, but uh, then Thursday rolled around, and guess what the fuck? The Capitals come to town and just wipe the fucking ice with them. <laughs> Four to one. That's more like it. Then, of course, pair that with the Giants getting their asses fucking handed to them by the Rams last week on the finest China on Fifth Avenue. Then you got yourself a four-course shit fucking meal. Tell you what, folks. Uh, another day in New York sports paradise, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Greg Goldman Hour. How the fuck are you, Hoagie? Yeah, yeah you know, Greg, honestly, uh, I'm doing a... Uh... Okay. Hey, wonderful. Gotta say, I'm uh, I'm okay too. I mean, I still been losing sleep over these guests, but Halloween's right around the corner. You know, one of my favorite times of the years, folks. Hockey starting back up. Leaves in Central Park changing colors. You can see them out of our window now, Hoagie. Yeah, you know, I was staring at them for a couple hours yesterday, just thinking. Yeah, that was fucking weird, but hey, Halloween, right? My favorite part of the season isn't any of the bullshit going on outside. No, it's the horror movies, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite fucking kind. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know what I always say, ho? Uh, fuck Philly? <laughs> <laughs> no, the other fucking thing. Save the best for last and the absolute fucking shit for worst. And let me tell you, some of my favorite movies of all time are horror movies, but some of them are the absolute fucking worst pieces of goddamn shit to ever be on screen. Yeah, Greg, you know, that's probably true for uh, any genre, so... No, Hoagie, I've watched more horror movies than probably anyone outside of John Carpenter. I know. Yeah, more than John Carpenter. That's, uh, that's gotta be a lot. You, uh, you really must know a lot. Oh, yeah, horror movies like Vampires, Ghosts of Mars, The Ward, the newer Halloween movies, nothing better, nothing better. Wait, wait, Greg, I'm not sure if John Carpenter did the, the new Halloween movies. I mean, maybe he did the music, but... The fuck you talking about, Hoagie? He did fucking both of them. Uh, yeah, one second, one second. I just uh, pulled it up on my phone. Uh, he didn't direct either one of them. He just did the music. Well, Wikipedia's fucking wrong, all right? What's next? They're going to say his best movies are the fucking shit heaps like The Thing and the original Halloween from fucking, like, 1876? Get the fuck out of here with that shit, Hoagie. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I just pulled up another article where they interviewed John Carpenter himself, and he said that he not only didn't direct the new Halloween movies, he didn't even want to 
Well, whatever. He's fucking wrong too, Hoagie. You know what? What the hell else are you going to say? That big trouble in little China didn't scare you so much it made you shit your last pair of fucking underwear without holes in it? Um, you know what? Yeah, Greg. You're, you're right about everything. Goddamn right I am, Hoagie. And you know what else I'm fucking right about? It's some goddamn WWE. Let's fucking talk about it. Hoagie, the worst fucking event every year. The thing we look forward to the fucking least from WWE every year, Crown Jewel in fucking Saudi Arabia. And Hoagie, let me tell you, it was the best goddamn show the WWE has put on this goddamn year. Now, let me tell you, you start off with the fucking, that fucking old ass bitch Edge, right? He's fucking 50 years old or some shit. You throw him in hell in a cell when his bones are probably going to fucking break from the steel. And you put him against Seth Rollins, that fucker, he's dangerous as shit. Do you hear that shit Bret Hart said about him? Do you hear that shit Bret Hart said about him, Hoagie? Oh, yeah. Oh, gee. oh sure, yeah, no, no, I didn't. Bret Hart, Bret Hart, a few years back, Bret Hart said Seth Rollins was one of the most fucking dangerous workers of all time. And you know what? It's fucking true. So you put him and the fucking 50-year-old inside Hell in a Cell, and you know what happens, Hoagie? Somebody died. fucking magic oh that's what fucking happened Hoagie. Oh. they had one of the best oh, okay. goddamn matches you've ever fucking seen in your entire goddamn life there was drama from head to fucking toe even that bitch dave Meltzer gave it a near five stars i think he should have gone the whole way but fuck Meltzer, you know mm. so anyway we continue on the fucking crown jewel right so there's two big matches in the crown jewel pay-per-view and that's the queen's crown tournament finals and the fucking king of the ring finals so the first off, the fucking Queen's Crown Finals. I haven't even been able to fucking watch it. So all the matches happen when I go to the fucking bathroom and they're like three minutes long, so I don't fucking catch them. So apparently it's Dewdrop and Zelina Vega, which surely I thought fucking Shayna Baszler would have been in the finals, but who the fuck am I to know, right? So it's fucking Zelina Vega and Dewdrop, and they have what I have been told is a match. It's very fucking average, and Zelina Vega wins. Good for her. The real fucking key here, Hoagie, is that WWE did something that they are fucking adverse to. They are never fucking able to do it. And that is choose the right person to win a fucking tournament. Because in the fucking finals of King of the Ring, the only goddamn thing this guy wanted in his whole career, Xavier Woods, won the crown. He actually fucking won, Hoagie. How about that? Oh, wow. So uh, you, you, are, you are happy with that then? Well, of course I'm fucking happy with that. I mean, fucking Xavier Woods is getting this big moment. The New Day, they're all fucking there. But Hoagie... It might have been the best fucking show of all time, but the worst goddamn wrestler of all time won a fucking match, and I'm pissed about it, all right? Hoagie, Goldberg is about fucking 55 years old at this point, right? So why the fuck is he beating Bobby Lashley, who was just, like, dominant WWE champion for the past year, beating fucking Drew, beating just fucking everybody, right? And now he's losing to Goldberg. Goldberg is old fucking guy. He can barely move. And he's doing shit like spearing Lashley off the fucking stage into tables. This guy can't move. But he's oh. doing shit like this. Goldberg oh. fucking sucks. And I got to say, Hoagie, probably his greatest fucking match in WWE. Really probably fucking was. And you oh. know what? It was still fucking shit, Hoagie, because Goldberg fucking sucks. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe uh, you know, he's been around for a lot of time. I remember when uh Ric Flair was like uh, you know, 102 years old, still winning matches out there, but people people really loved it. Maybe, maybe they're uh maybe that's just what they're doing there, you know, pleasing their fans. Well, Ric Flair's the fucking greatest of all time, so if- of course, he's going to be winning fucking matches, Hoagie. Jesus Christ. Yeah, All right. I'm stupid. Any, yeah, of course. Fucking. So anyway, we get to the main event, right? The WWE's biggest stars, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. They have a match. They don't like resolve the story that they use to build to the match. They actually like keep it fucking going as the finish to the match. So it's not over after fucking what their first match was in fucking 2014. So what, seven years at this point? Like, Jesus Christ, this feud is long. And WWE thinks that this feud is the feud that's going to get them the fucking ratings. But ladies and gentlemen, what do we always say? Ratings mean shit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the ratings report. So Hoagie, Rampage and fucking SmackDown went head to head for half an hour. It was a big fucking deal. Vince was trying. Vince was trying to do shit like make it commercial free. Tony Khan was, I don't know, just kind of doing the same thing he was always going to fucking do, which is a dumb idea if you're going to go against fucking WWE for half an hour. And then all the ratings reports comes out about it, and Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar lose their fucking segment to Ruby Riot and a fucking bunny. <laughs> what the fuck? Ladies and gentlemen, what the fuck is a bunny doing in a wrestling ring? <laughs> a bunny? A fucking bunny. Oh, gee. Swear, fucking. And then, all right. Apparently, so SmackDown, big news, 300,000 more viewers than fucking Rampage, right? So they had more people watching. And yet again, all everyone's fucking saying is that Rampage one with some fucking demo? I don't even know what what a what a demo is. You know, I, what can someone fucking tell me what a demo is? Is this a demographic? <laughs> is, what does that mean? Demo. Oh, oh, I'll ex- I'll explain to you later. Well, they, they fucking do. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's funny, everyone. Yeah, laugh at me. Oh, I don't know what a demographic is. Fuck. All right. Um, all right, Greg. Well, uh, let's move on. You know, everything's going to be okay. Let's just let's let's see who the guest is. Wait, Hoagie. Hold on a second. I think I got to get something off my chest. See, Hoagie. I, I've got this this friend who's got a talk show, right? Uh and the producers have let him in on a secret that the only reason that people like him is because he melts down, you know, he self-destructs, he fucking dies on stage every goddamn night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I know who you're talking about. And just, he just sometimes doesn't know what to think for himself or, or about himself or about this whole fucking situation. Because, you know, he hears it from all fucking sides and he's not really sure which side is the right side. Well, well, I think a friend of mine may know. Really? What would he say? Uh, Would he say the show and the success and the fame is worth making an ass of yourself in front of people every night? Can, Can my friend trust your friend has his best intentions at heart? Well, um, 
I think what my friend would say to your friend would be that, you know, sometimes it's hard to speak up. Specifically when everything's riding on the show for you too. That if his friend doesn't sign that contract and the show goes away, a lot of good stuff goes away for my friend too. So maybe my friend, you know, he's not sure how to bring it up because it's kind of hard juggling what he wants and what your friend wants and what's good for both of you and what's bad. And then his mind gets all twisted and then words start swirling around like plastic grocery bags down the street. And and we can't remember exactly what he said. Damn. Well, uh, well, on to our next guest. Uh, probably going to suck, folks. Uh, Lee Plummer from the Leadinism Horror Podcast. <laughs> Shit. Hi. Uh, Who the fuck knows how it's going to go? Nobody fucking knows. That is the truest thing you've ever said. Yeah, fuck it. Maybe this will be the one that goes right for us, Oki. Just maybe one fucking time, something might go my fucking way. This is Rampage, baby. So again, the uh, second week in a row, we've got Rampage before the Saturday Night Dynamite. We go back to Wednesdays this upcoming week. Uh, but Rampage kicks off with the eight first match of the AEW World Titer, Titer, Tiger. Titer Title Eliminator Tournament um, in which uh, Orange Cassidy got the victory over Powerhouse Hobbs. And, you know, what was just merely an average match. I mean, Hobbs was on offense for 90% of it, it seemed. I loved he did the torture rack. You know, yeah. that's not something... You get to see too much, really. And that was Lex Luger's move, who MJF references on Dynamite, which we'll get into. Um, You know, they sowed the seeds last week with kind of Orange and Moxley after Mox squashed Wheeler Yuta. So we kind of figured Orange would win. But, you know, I feel like it would have been better to see a Hobbs win here. And Hobbs-Moxley would be a pretty badass match. But Yeah, yeah. What'd you think? Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I was kind of, you know... I think Hobbs has needed to win like this for, for a while. Even yes. he got he got up close to being a, the number one contender. Too. Yeah, I think he, you had mentioned he was like two at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they it just seems like you know they kind of don't know what to do with them outside of the Team Taz storylines, which uh, it's a little it's kind of just a little um, disappointing. Um, yeah, you know I thought it was a pretty you know like a lot of his matches seem to kind of follow this you know storyline where he just kind of you know is sort of the bigger guy and just kind of beats up on him and is on offense. Then like someone smaller, like orange Cassidy finds a little window exploits it and wins, yep. you know, it yep. was that. And, uh, you know, I think that needs to change it up. You know, I guess what's more interesting to me is kind of like, who's going to fight Moxley between the two, you know, cause both of those matches are going to be fun. Like I'm here for the orange versus Moxley thing. Oh and yeah. You, you said it's never happened. I don't think so. I can't recall yeah. it. And yeah, it's certainly a unique pairing and yeah. uh, Moxley's character you know, taking some weird turns, cuts an amazing promo on Dynamite, which we'll get to. Um, yeah, certainly not complaining about Mox versus OC, but yeah, you're right. 
And it's kind of a theme, not just Hobbs, but a lot of these fringe guys and women that we've talked about just can't quite get that upset or can't quite get over the hump. And yeah. just something I wish we'd see a little more. And we talked about it enough. But uh, yeah, fun, you know, fun little start to the tournament. Yeah. And I think it gets more difficult too with like Danielson and Cole and all the, and Malik, all these new guys kind of showing Correct. up at that, you know, we're yep. already kind of at that kind of, you know, potential main event level, it's just going to be even harder for a Hobbs to get up there. And Orange is already there. So, you know. And that's why this could have been a good opportunity for it. Because yes. the loss doesn't hurt Orange Cassidy in the right. least. Right. And so. also Orange, you know, like a double or nothing did have a title fight, main event yeah. pay-per-view, you know. So, yeah. like, obviously, you're not going back to that. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so then we go to Penta and Alex Abrahantes without Phoenix because he got injured after getting well, an injured storyline kayfabe, oh, okay, I believe, gotcha. uh, when he yeah. got hit with the AAA belt in the face last week. When that, oh, yeah, that's okay. kind of what they were playing into. But yeah, he wasn't on either show this week. But yeah, um, so they come out and they're talking, and then there's the fans with the green masks and it's obviously not FTR this time. And then they come with Tully and beat the shit out of them from behind. And hell, Abrahantas took a couple big bumps out there. So kudos to him. Uh, and yeah, this, uh, as we learn on dynamite, will set up a AEW tag team title match at full gear unofficial, but uh, I love it. You know, we've talked about who the challengers are going to be. Needs to be a heel team. I've kind of been talking FTR needed a little steam, a little juice here recently. Winning the AAA titles gave it to him, and I can't wait to see kind of a proper match between these two teams. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that too, you know, kind of getting them away from the pinnacle story. And the pinnacle stuff that really kind of isn't, you know – well, they, you they, know, going they're, anywhere. Kind of yeah, stable, they're kind yeah. of going their own way. But now we see the other three, you know, we'll see some movement there later as well, which uh, interesting stuff there. But you're right. Um, FTR yeah. is too good to be kind of left down. And I love their new shirt, the living legends with kind of all the colors coming up. Oh, oh that, that sort of yeah, 70s. Very cool fun. shirt. Yeah. yeah. Reminds you of like once upon a time in Hollywood, something like that. Um, okay. And then uh, we get... Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defeating Anna Jay. And I love that the announcers kept calling it a grudge match. And it's like they had one backstage altercation and maybe a couple other. Th- but like it wasn't like this fierce rivalry or anything. Just goofy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, pretty, pretty solid match for sure. And I love how Jericho brought they brought up multiple times on commentary how Anna Jay's only had like 25 matches. Really? That's what well, she was hurt that, for a while, And right? she was one of the people that was signed like early in the pandemic last year, was just working dark mm-hmm. and impressed. And uh, I, she was training, I think, with QT. Um, so they brought her up and she clearly impressed. She obviously looks great. And but, you know, in this match, like you saw a little I don't want to necessarily call it sloppiness, but just not the smoothest. Like they felt like they were in slow motion a few times as they were transitioning. Yeah. But you know, the intensity was there. They worked hard. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed the match for sure. But, you know, again, for only having 25 matches and being featured on TV, like Anna Jay's got, you know, she's got a bright future ahead of her. But uh, Britt was obviously great in this match. I noticed there a couple times where she was like looking directly in the camera. She like pointed at the camera right before she put the lockjaw on the end. I mean, she's just top form right now. 
Yeah, no, she definitely is, you know, like, you know, and definitely like, you know, in that unique position playing a heel that everybody likes and cheers for. So, you know, kind of the opposite with what's going on. Yeah. With Katie, you know? Although so, he gets some um, cheers yeah. here later on, which is exciting. He, he did. He, he, he did. We'll I guess we're already preempting a lot here. Uh, any thoughts on the match? I mean, pretty standard fair stuff, but. Yeah, yeah, you know, pretty standard. Yeah, pretty standard fair stuff. You know, like this definitely in terms of Brit's sort of challenges or matches she's had since um, winning the title. This is definitely on sort of, you know, on the better ones, you know, not like, you know, top, you know, but, you know, definitely more of the better ones. Again, it's been really yeah. spotty for her since winning the title. Well, we've so, got a good you know. one or what I think will be a good one coming up as we learn after this match as Brit tries to slap on the lockjaw again and Ty Conti comes out with her Daisy Duke mm-hmm. son, which uh, Britt references on Dynamite. But, uh, yeah, they end up making that match official. Ty is the number one contender. So, again, it's just like they kind of use these rankings whenever they want. It's like, oh, okay, she's number one. She's got the shot without any – Like, like, is there a place where you can access it? Like, can you Google yeah, it? Yeah, they, like, like, they, they put them on, on social on media. Yeah. But, like, they don't – we've talked about it enough. Who gives a fuck about right. rankings? I'm happy to see the match, but it's like – it just came together like that. But, you know, we've got still time to build a story. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it is what it is. And Yeah, they got it on their website. Yeah. And uh, getting ready for Pac Andrade 2, not Mark Henry, but Tony Schiavone doing the backstage interview, which is interesting. Don't know if this has anything to do with Mark's comments on Busted Open Radio that we talked about recently. But then Tony Schiavone did reference Mark Henry. He's like, well, like Mark Henry says, the time for talk is over. So I don't know. Interesting that Mark Henry was first a commentator, got pulled off. Then an interviewer got pulled off. I don't know. Maybe he was just away. But anywho. Um, that or they realize he's not really good at either of those things. <laughs> yeah, which isn't hard to see. Um, yeah. Pack beats Andrade in their second match. And wow, this was outstanding. I was uh, – talking to Azar last night about it. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'd lean a little towards the first match since we were there live. But even yeah. on like just reading the recap of this, I'm like, you know what? I think this match might've been a little better. I think I've got both at yeah. four and a quarter stars, but wow, the chemistry these guys have, you know, we talked when Andrade came in, he wasn't looking the greatest against Matt Seidel and someone else, but man, he's looked outstanding mm-hmm. both times yeah. with Pac and, yeah, he's really brought out Absolutely. the best. Absolutely, yeah, and just great, great stuff here. Um, yeah, your thoughts? Yeah, I thought this was the best match out of both the shows yeah. this week. I, I would agree. Um, you know, it was really, yeah, you know, like, and it's a good matchup with them. They're similar, they're like dudes who are like kind of similar size, you know. Um, yeah, I think both of them look, you know, really good. They can both, you know, they have really good, you know, these matches with these guys who are kind of, you know, bigger, you know, they seem like they have a lot of, you know, stamina, a lot of endurance. They can like really go and they can really yeah, definitely and, a little yeah. flippy at times. Very fast paced, great counters, great strikes. Andrade had kind of the corkscrew dive at the commercial. We come back and we get him doing Eddie Guerrero's three amigos suplexes who we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that crowd chanting Eddie, Eddie. So just, an, you know, Eddie obviously has influenced so many people and just uh, very cool there. Um, and just remember a weird part, like Pac was on the apron and Andrade kind of went to jump for him and Pac came in and then he yeah. hit the apron pretty hard. 
Oh yeah, yeah. He did. Like, yeah that yeah. was just a kind of yeah. unique way of doing it. And then pack with the uh, hurricane Rana on the outside, he hit a big mm-hmm. cutter on the inside Andrade, the jumping DDT off the apron top rope brain buster by pack like you thought he was yeah, just going yeah, yeah. for the vertical suplex and man he slammed him down yeah that was awesome um and then they kind of got into the slug fest pack at the poison rana andrade goes for his hammerlock ddt and the inside cradle roll up for the victory for pack so i love that finish too yeah it's a better match than the first one but being there live was obviously awesome and it was kind of andrade's breakout performance but Great yeah. shit here overall. And then we get some uh, madness after the match when the lights go out and Malachi Black comes out, spits the mist in Pac's face, and then he and Andrade are seemingly working together. And here comes good old Arn, the star of the show, and he fucking yeah. puts his gun out and bang! And then Cody comes in to cheers! Like actual cheers, mm-hmm. Jerry! And, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty fun. Like, it was cool to see Cody getting cheers and be fired up. It's like, this is the most interesting he's been maybe all of 2021. So, in my opinion, these segments have worked. Yeah, no, I mean, they've worked for me, too. But but I just think it's just generally interesting that, like, they're, like, booking him to be, like, cheered and he still gets booed. Like, to me, like, that, you know, and I feel like for them, it's got to maybe be a little bit of a headache because I still think the way they're angling this is they want him to be that or they're trying to push him to be that. I think they know they have to go a different road than how, but how he's they're got, going. He got the there. cheers on both shows, largely. I mean, there's still some booze, but, but, like, the reaction yeah. when he came back here at the end of Rampage was honestly surprising to me. I thought he would get booed yeah. more, so... The reaction is there and it's strong. And I think, again, it proves that these segments are working. Cody's interesting again, and we'll get to the match Mm -hmm. on Dynamite. But uh, yeah, fun little episode of Rampage here. And and boom goes the Dynamite. And we start off with uh, the Eliminator Tournament and Brian Danielson defeating Dustin Rhodes. I don't know the time, probably about 15, 16 minutes. And boy, oh boy. Was this a great match? I mean, it started off a little slow, but I was watching with our buddy Dan and like he was kind of disinterested in the beginning and ripping on Dustin. And I'm like, just give it time. And like halfway through, I'm like, holy fuck. And then by the end, I'm like, holy fuck. Uh, Just Brian Danielson, just incredible yet again. Dustin played his part expertly, Mm -hmm. looked maybe as good as he has since the Cody match at Double or Nothing 2019. Uh, awesome opener here yet again. Yeah. And, you know, like I've never really had seen, you know, too much of Dustin. That seems like really front and center. Didn't know yeah. he was that tall either. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause that one, like he did like a flip outside, like a front flip into mm-hmm. a move. And, and it mm-hmm. like, and when I saw it, it kind of seemed really awkward. Cause I was just like, ah, oh, you know, like maybe he's just old or something, but it's probably just cause he's so fucking tall, you know, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing Hard you don't for realize. A six, foot six dude to do that. Shows you how big those WWE guys were back in the day. Like him and Billy Gunn, who we've seen on Dynamite just dwarfing people, were like middle of the pack back in the 90s in WWE. So like just crazy. Um, But yeah, Dustin was fired up. He had a lot of near falls. He was taking the strikes. He was giving them out. One sequence I loved was when Brian kind of did his jumping flip into the corner counter and Dustin caught him with the power slam and into the curtain call, which mm-hmm. was his old move, his gold dust. Like, yeah. that was sick. Um, 
just some great striking sequences down the stretch. We saw Tony Nese in the crowd, who I know you probably don't know. Came from WWE, was, you know, kind of like a cruiserweight type guy that was never really used properly. But, you know, he's, again, just another very solid wrestler. Like, you know, along the lines of a Bobby Fish in terms of, like, reputation, I guess you could say. So, interesting there. I don't know if you caught this. Early in the match, there was a sign in the crowd that just said, I love twinks. Did you see that? I did not. I it know. was pretty front and center for the first like two to three minutes. Did like somebody guy, did, did somebody get it? They take did. It down? But yeah. it was fucking Dan and I were dying. Like it was like this old guy. It seemed like just I love twinks. And he, and he got and he got it in. <laughs> he do got they, it do, in. Do they, not check times. You, do, do they not check your sign before I, you go in? I don't know clearly, but they did take it eventually, like pretty early into the match. But it, impressive to get it in there, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, Danielson's incredible, uh, just so smooth and everything. His the drama in his matches, the selling. He's just on another fucking level right now. And Jr. had an amazing just comment that I didn't realize. I think is right. Every move he's won has been with a different, or every match he has won has been with a different finishing move. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I which think, is um, awesome. Mm, that is pretty tight. This one was the guillotine choke. Dustin passed out. Gotta love a nice pass out finish. Uh, mm. Yeah, just awesome, awesome stuff. So very top fitting that, finish to this. That's, yeah. That has Agreed. set the bar for the eliminator tournament. But man, I can't wait to see more of Brian Danielson. He well, just looks just, fucking great. Like see him fight Eddie, yeah, see him fight Eddie Kingston, which like oh, it's gonna be amazing. It is gonna, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, like he, Eddie Kingston just kind of seems like his matches are always very like story driven stuff yeah. so i'm interested to see like he's the, getting in with like an actual like wrestler wrestler he you know? they are gonna have a banger a yeah. fucking firecracker mm-hmm. and we'll get there um yeah awesome stuff yeah. then we have kenny and the young bucks and adam cole ripping on hangman page uh, i thought this was a good promo just kind of the way it was delivered and kenny's just kind of weird dorky almost tone i liked it um he mentions Hangman cosplaying as a cowboy, and uh, if the fans knew him, they'd be chanting coward shit. So, uh, yeah, just uh, a good promo. Yeah, great. <laughs> FTR's coming for the tag titles, as we said, and they talk about the match of full gear, and uh, even Cash Wheeler said something about cosplay. Cosplaying, yeah. I also think it's too. kind of funny because like, they wore costumes, too. Yeah, <laughs> they were the frog ones. So just yeah, yeah, you know, kind of some Greg Goldman level self awareness there. Yeah, outstanding. Um, and then Sting comes out and is abruptly interrupted by everyone's favorite Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who says Darby's not there, and Sting is Darby is Darby's little emo daddy. The fans are chanting "Shut the fuck up." He pauses to allow him to get it in. I love that. Um, Talks about gun violence and incest. Yeah, that that that, that cracked me up. <laughs> yells, at a fa- yells at a fat boy at ringside, mm-hmm. talking about how Sting is going to end up the same as Lex Luger. But he didn't well, a, like, yeah, yeah, like, or I guess wheelchair was the word that in a wheelchair, and that's when Sting popped him. Yeah, which brings out Spears and Wardlow. They eventually gain control. And then, frankly, I think this next two minutes is some of the best mic work MJF has done, and that is saying something. Just the, I mean, he was just screaming right in the camera, but it was just a fucking awesome. Like it, the build to this match has been great. And, yeah, no, uh, the, the, these segments are my favorite part. 
Yeah, know, or, they or, are or, hitting. Or, 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 or I guess the thing I look forward to watching the most, yeah. they're hitting. Yeah, you've been talking about MJF a lot recently. Yeah, yeah. How could you and, not? The guy's yeah. a fucking stud. And then also so glad they just kind of let him just do his thing because I was kind of worried the whole time. They're like, oh, they're going to bring Darby out and he's going to beat him up and it's going to be over. Yeah, and I, and I, I thought and he I was did. maybe coming out too, and I'm yeah, glad did, he did not. I am very glad he did not, yeah. And just had Sting's head in his lap like, this is your future! Mm-hmm. Like, j- again, just screaming, I am the past! present and future and just right in the camera he knows how to the look everything he's so good and yeah. a very interesting fallout from this shortly thereafter yes sir um and then we have brit with tony shivani talking about ty conti who all she does is show her ass um which it is nice so i would too mm-hmm. and uh then she says she's gonna kick that ass that she loves showing off so much so uh Okay, fun yeah. stuff. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot of ass showing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, pretty I'm much everybody who, who shows their ass in this stuff. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, but yeah. like, you're not, you know, not yeah, wearing... like Brit, like Brit's not showing her ass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or anyone who doesn't wear pants, pretty I much. I think it's more just a compliment to Kai, Ty Conti that she's got a nice caboose. Yeah. But she does. Toot, toot. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Ruby Soho defeats Penelope Ford after a knuckle duster malfunction, essentially. Um, yeah, I'm glad. Um, oh, who was was that? Don't you do it? No, that's Bryce Springsburg. No, yeah. yeah, so this was Rick, Rick Knox, Knox. Yeah, uh, who's yeah, kind of okay. known as like the worst referee and who lets all the shit go. And whatever well, he, else, he almost but... let her get it. Like whenever they kicked it yeah. out of the ring, like that was I didn't think that was super well done because like she almost like got it. <laughs> you could tell he was just yeah. nudging it and deliberately yeah. missing it. And it's just like, dude, all that would take would be one punt and that yeah. thing would go flying and just, yep. yeah. And, uh, so yeah, Ruby gets the win again, just a solid match. No complaints here. Um, I, you and, don't probably, I guess this was the first match of the TBS tournament. Yes. Now Ruby will face Chris Statland. I also didn't know there were buys, you know? Yeah. So they gave the top four buys. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, it's Thunder Rosa, Jade, Nyla Rose and Statlander got okay. the buys. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. I think Jade is probably going to win. I thought they would have a Jade Thunder Rosa final, but they're on the same side of the bracket. Yeah, Jade's probably so maybe win like that. Jade versus Ruby Soho. I think maybe looking like the final. Maybe yeah, Statlander, but you know, no nothing against Nyla Rose. I don't really want to see her in the final. Yeah, and um, she probably I'm, won't be. You know, like what you know, when like after being the first woman champion, just like running around with the lesser title. You know, she was second. Riho was first. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But no, yeah. And she's just been in the main, you know, in these women, a lot of these women's title matches, but she's good. So I'm not complaining. Well, but, and, uh, and she's lost a lot. Reason, like, kind of with yeah. that whole feud with Brit, she lost, I think, all of those matches. Yeah. You know, so. so, yeah, we'll be monitoring both tournaments. Um, yeah. And now we have our fallout from uh, the MJF uh, Spears Wardlow, where. Yeah. Wardlow kind of interrupts MJF and Spears, and he's like, what was that bullshit last week where you threw me in front of Sting? And we love anytime there's just these little seeds sown between the two, which seems like to happen like once every two months. Like, yeah. I love it, because we well, know where this is heading eventually. Well, yeah, and I guess, like, the question that, that puts your mind is, you know, at what, how does this get involved in the Derby match, you know, if it does yeah. at all? yeah. That's and, a great and, point. And also, I like, kind of think about who's going to win that. That like that's one thing where I generally kind of don't know. Like both of those guys can equally benefit. 
I from, think from MJF should win because he's I think he's yeah. like one in three in paper. Or, yeah, he's like one yeah. in four in his last five pay-per-view yeah, matches yeah, or yeah. something. Like I think he needs to win a little well, well, and his pay-per-view matches are always like end of the storyline matches where he's like already gotten his wins in. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I think like with this being the beginning, I think that's a good thought. But uh yeah, so uh, MJF assigns Spear or assigns Spears as Wardlow's accountability buddy. Um, so again, just this is clearly kind of driving in a little bit more to this storyline, and I love it because I love the Ward Dog, and I know he's going to be a fucking monster on his own, and I just want to see the guy wrestle more because he barely does. Okay, and moving right along. So then we have uh, Bobby Fish squashing Anthony Green, but I thought this was an awesome squash match. Like Fish just looked great. Was again vicious moves. Um, you know, I don't think Green did a damn thing, but uh, no. just a fun little two minute match. Fuck. Yeah, no, I thought that was you know definitely you know I did enjoy the the next squash match, the Jungle Boy one. Yeah, yeah. but that was more for comedy, I guess. Yeah, so. but now we have. A good thing that happens after the match, he kind of keeps beating the shit out of Anthony Green and CM Punk out to make the save, which leads, you've been calling for it, Boma, to CM Punk's dynamite debut next week against Bobby Fish. It's really his dynamite debut. In terms of a match, his first match on dynamite, yes. Um, Why have they waited this long? Well, because, you know, you mentioned it, I think, a couple weeks ago. He's a rampage guy. Yeah, so he had the match against Darby at the pay-per-view, and I guess he's had three matches on Rampage now. Yeah. So, yeah. And this, again, great opponent for him, very similar styles. I, You know, this will be pretty similar to the Danielson-Fish match, but uh, exciting. Now there's at least some sort of a little story to uh, it. Punk awesome. kind of sticking up for the new guy. and yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the champion of, like, new guys and jobbers. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of how they're playing it, which, I, yes. yeah, that, that seems kind of nice. You know, you need someone, like, looking out for those guys who, you know, have no way of penetrating any, like, sort of major storyline right now. You know, let, let, leave, sure. it, leave it to CM Punk to probably. But what up. we do need, like we said last week, is a proper feud and a proper match at full gear. And like we said, Wardlow was on Tony Khan's notebook. I don't know how they're going to get to that in the next few weeks, but unless, we, yeah. need a proper, we need a proper feud for him. But yeah, you Unless know. CM Punk just inter- – oh, I guess CM Punk could interject him because he's a Derby ally from their – um, that's true match. that so, yeah, is that, very true yeah, yeah, yeah. Good there, point. there, there is that could a, maybe a, happen next week you know yeah yeah, yeah there's a, a connect a very thin connection you're right but it's you there very right it, yeah good call great That'd call great cool. stuff out of you all right um and then we get your boy leo rush with my boy dante Martin. uh rush actually you know i thought he could just sounded good here like I, you know the it wasn't about bullshit Bitcoin and making oh yeah money, yeah you know? yeah he did yeah he didn't bring up all the business and entrepreneurial jargon. He was just ripping jargon. on Matt Seidel. Yeah, he he yeah. had his opportunity. He couldn't get the job done. Now you and I are gonna face the Seidel brothers. I thought this segment worked. Yeah, um, no, no, I did too. I mean, you know, I just you know like it, the, steered clear of all that like business jargon. Correct. That just seems forced, and then that especially stupid. I guess that was a few weeks ago. This is the first time they did it where they had the shots of like Dubai and stuff like that. And that music, like I I thought that was just super lame, but, uh, but yeah, definitely recovered from that a good bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, will be interesting when Darius Martin comes back because clearly they're kind of like 
positioning Leo and Dante as a team. And you could tell Dante's not sure of it. And he kind of like said, Matt Seidel is one of the best in the world, which a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> but he's still a, <laughs> still a very fine wrestler. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I dig it. And uh, I mean, who's going to complain about more Dante Martin screen time? Mm-hmm. And now we have Lance Archer making his entrance for the match against Eddie Kingston. And Eddie attacks him from behind. Like, I love, while this match was going on, it was awesome. You know, started right off the bat. Uh, Archer pulling the quote-unquote fan out. Oh, yeah. Fucking choke slamming him was such a key. I kept wondering who that guy was, too. Because, like, you know, whatever, like, like I think I kind of looked away. And I kind of looked at the back. I was like, is that a woman? You know, because they had like long, long, long hair. gray hair. Yeah, no, I don't think it was. I think it seemed like dyed that like sort of like Ric Flair blonde. Yeah, yeah that it was really like that bright, white, yeah. that whitish blonde. And I was just yeah, like, what right. is he doing? You know, who's that? Yeah. But then commentary is like, oh, it's just a random fan, but definitely a plant, obviously. But yeah, yeah well, I kind of wonder who that is. Like, do they work for yeah. like, like who's the person who gets to do that? You know, yeah. Usually it's like local indie wrestler. You oh, know, they always gotcha. kind of send people out to do that. They're like the extras. Rohit mentioned like he did some extra work, so that's how like a lot of these guys on the indies, mm-hmm. like WWE, every show they do, they have the extras, and either gotcha. you get used or you don't. So right. yeah, it's probably one of the. But yeah. Hilarious stuff. Um, you know, I love the fans were so behind Kingston here. You know, mm-hmm. like so many, Eddie, Eddie. like the yes. guy is so over. Uh, just his journey since coming to AEW has been a very good and interesting one. The snafu and the barbed wire death match aside, which obviously wasn't his fault. No, not even, not at all. Um, but just to see how over he is and um just some great just great action in this match um up until the point where it ended which we already discussed um you know it's a shame we don't really need to talk any more about it i hope archer's okay um i thought this was a great match until that point i just said that um but eddie versus brian danielson is going to be fucking awesome i can't wait for that because the crowd like baby face huge baby face versus huge baby face like you said about Kingston kind of having more storytelling based matches, that's that Kings road, that old all Japan nineties style, which he models his whole style after like he wears the colors of Kawada. Right. You remember he wore the green and silver against Moxley last Mm -hmm. year. That was Misawa. And like, it's going to be an awesome match. I can't fucking wait, but best wishes to Lance Archer. Yeah. Um, That just looked, you know, pretty scary. Yeah. So Yes. Um, and next we got everyone's favorite, Ethan Page, who just fucking lit up the microphone here. Yeah. Um, he, he was incredible. Um, I don't really have notes or what all he was saying, but man, this is like the greatest he's been on the mic since Lambert came around because he just doesn't get a chance to talk too much. Yeah, I'm kind of glad, glad they like let him kind of get in on that there. God, and just his facial expressions. He's just so damn good. Um and Sammy shows up, who uses the classic Jericho line, would you please shut the hell up? Obviously, he didn't say it like that. Um, it kind of showed, and Dan pointed this out, too, like, this is not a slight against Sammy, who I think is average on the mic. And then they uh, pointed that out, too. Like, didn't Dan Lambert, like, actually yes, say that? Yeah. but that Ethan Page is so much better on the yeah. mic. that Like, those two going back and forth, it's like, I'm sorry, you kind of got outclassed. But yeah. – 
I just love Ethan Page and we need to see more of him. But yeah, what did he say? Something about you're sucking on the stick. Yeah. Oh, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Because like, yeah, the micro- makes all these weird sexual references yeah. a lot. <laughs> he really like a lot. <laughs> that what a fucking the, the, pervert. He is. Yeah, what a weirdo. He's gross. Oh yeah, he, um, he he just wants to go. He like brags on about talking about millennials all the time. He's like, oh, I'm some you know 62 year old guy who wants to talk to a bunch of 20 year olds about sex. He, he probably but, loves porn. Oh yeah, but he, he's weird. Uh, but this ended with basically Lambert saying, "You'll get your five on five tag match at full gear if you put the TNT title on the line against Ethan Page next week." And if you lose, you're out of the inner circle, which I don't know how Dan Lambert has the power to do that. But Forever. <laughs> he didn't said it like that. <laughs> he yeah. didn't, didn't, didn't need to like, you know, egg it on that much. Outstanding. You're right. Like this segment, like Ethan Page carried it. I thought the rest of it was just kind of okay. Yeah. But this match is going to be awesome. And talk about stakes. I mean, Sammy's going to win, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but I love it. I mean, Sammy versus Ethan Page is fresh, mm-hmm. and there are these stakes, and we haven't really seen Ethan Page, you know, outside of that tag match on Rampage last week in a meaningful singles match, I guess, yeah. since the coffin match. Yes. So I'm very excited. And then we have we referenced it earlier, one of the best and simplest John Moxley promos, maybe in his time in AEW, um, mm-hmm. talking about the tournament. And he's like, you know, he brings it's not very important to me right now because he brings up his daughter and grabbing his pinky and he doesn't give a crap about anything. The tournament, I love he brought up the ratings, the demo, Mm -hmm. who said what on Twitter. Mm -hmm. All he cares about is his daughter and just the seriousness and like the way he was mic'd up, like Mm -hmm. just caught like the the lip smack, like everything was amplified during Mm -hmm. this segment. However, they did the audio was just very well done, I thought. Yeah. Um, very detailed. But he's like, he's like, you know, I'm not, I don't know what he's, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not a fireman. I'm not an astronaut. Obviously, those weren't it. But this is what I do for a living. And it's, if everyone goes into a dark alley, only one guy comes out. And he's like, everybody in the tournament, I'll get you before you get me. And I'm going to win the whole damn thing. Who's, I just who- thought this was brilliant. I don't know. What'd you think? Oh yeah, no, I thought it was really. I kind of like the baby. Oh, and I think the baby thing's kind of interesting because it's like, I don't know, like if he, you know, at, at whatever point he loses here, like that's going to be like some sort of, it's going to be involved in some way. Like, yeah, his, and we, you know, like him sort of like not caring, you know, as sure. much about this as he normally would without the kid. And we talked last week about a potential Moxley heel turn coming. You know, I don't know if it'll be like a full heel turn, but maybe a slight heel pivot, if you yeah, will. Possibly. Um, I still think he's going to win the tournament over Brian Danielson in the finals. But, uh, hey, he said he's going to as well. So I got to believe him. Um, and he fights. He faces 10 mm-hmm. from the Dark Order on Wednesday. And uh, he injured 10. I can't remember if it was legit or kayfabe. I think it might have been legit way back last year so mm-hmm. like there's some there's some history here as well yeah. and 10 is definitely one of the most underrated underutilized members of the dark order so yeah. should be fun Groovy. and speaking of the dark order we finally have uh hangman coming back to them in what was a fun segment for sure but i kind of wanted a little more out of the reunion here yeah. you know he'd been gone for over two months they kind of fell apart 
And they just kind of joked their way through it, which I'm not complaining about. But, you know, there was so much drama, like, again, the highest of highs of that, the entrance during the five on five tag team elimination. Like, yeah. I've probably watched that entrance uh, 10 yeah, plus I feel, times. I feel like that should have been something that happened in ring instead of backstage. Agreed. Agreed. Great point. Yeah. Um you know, they kind of just started talking about Halloween. And, I, you know, I was geeking about John Silver going like, I'm going to be Bambi. And then he's like, something sexy, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was fun and funny. But, yeah, you're right. Should have been in the ring and should have just been a little more, I guess, respect given to this type of reunion, at least yeah. in my eyes, because it was a big deal to me. And I am very emotionally invested. But, hey, they are facing uh, the, the elite next week. I don't know That's, if Hangman is in that match or not. I don't not. think I don't he is. I think yeah. so, yeah. So, but that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And here's your favorite squash match with Jungle Boy beating Brandon Cutler. And uh, what'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought, that, uh, like, honestly, I, I you know, I, I agree with you. I think the uh, prior squash match um, was a lot better. Um, on the but show. this, like you said, this was straight comedy, whereas yeah, yeah, that yep. wasn't. You know, that was like serious. You beat his ass, and CM Punk came out. This was gonna be just fun and games. Yeah, me. yeah. This was just fun and games. And you know, when they you know had him in the hold, like you know, and putting it. I thought it was cool. Jumbo Boy put the put the mic up to him. Yes, you know, very and, uh, good. Yes, that yeah. was awesome. And I had kind of thought maybe the elite like wouldn't come out. You know, mm-hmm. and I kind of thought like they could, you know, totally like, you know, cold shoulder him, you know, think yeah. that they're too important for that, which I think that could have been a cool angle. Because they've um, kind of been doing that a little bit when they've yeah. like left him in the ring before. But yeah. you're right. I was kind of thinking the same. Here's something, too, that I can that I'm kind of thinking about. Um, so after um, Archer gets hurt and they call that match early, do you think kind of the how long it took you know, or how long the sort of stuff with the, the Jacksons and Kenny and was did Kenny come out with him? Kenny no, he did not. It, it was them and who it else was Cole. There? Cole came oh, out Cole, of yeah. the ramp and yeah. was talking, and then the young bucks came from behind and okay. attacked him. Yeah, and, and like that whole like sort of post match thing seemed to like go on for a long time. Like they had that whole part where they walked back into the tunnel and they came back out. I kind of wonder if they milked that because. They yeah, cut, um, they probably had, you know, another five minutes or so they had to add. And and, I, and, course, I, and it seemed like it was there. You yeah, know? I think the very this was definitely part of it. I'm sure maybe the main event got a little more time, which whew, that's going to be an interesting one to discuss here. Um, yeah. Is that coming up next? Uh, oh, the Miro promo again, just outstanding for the second week in a row, like getting upset at his God. And uh, again, don't remember the words, but two weeks in a row, these promos have been awesome. You know, he's like, I can't talk to my wife until this happens. So I don't know where it's going with him. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like maybe they do go to the Sammy rematch at full gear or no, because he would be in the tag match against American top team. So that's yeah. obviously not. So I don't, Miro, I'm guessing probably won't have a match for full gear, but he needs to be pumped back up because, man, like he was booked so well during that title run. I think he should still have it, but I'm certainly fine with Sammy. Um, but I just don't want him to lose all that steam because, you know, he kind of was a little bunk the first handful of months he came in. Not his fault. The booking with all the arcade shit with Kip and Pip and the wedding and all that garbage. Mm-hmm. Only Sinister Jim was tight. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've loved these promos and uh, interested to see where it goes next. Yep. And then the lights go out and we have Malachi Black and then Cody Rhodes come out, um, you know, mild cheers, some booze here. And 
this match I thought was pretty good. I mean, it was definitely a fucking mess and, you know, kind of went off the rails at the end and Andrade came out and Jose came in. Well, it was weird. All all that chaos happened like right in the middle of it too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It wasn't really at the end and both guys were bleeding and like, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And Cody was getting cheered again at the end. I mean, there were, well, actually, he was kind of booed. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, like, definitely time, when, yeah. when, he, when he won. Like, this I think, time, the, yes. yes. The, the majority of the people wanted Malachi to win. I Correct. think that, that is a fact. Correct. Yeah. He was getting cheers, though, at points, but you're right. At the end, mm-hmm. there were some boos for sure. Yeah. But his intensity was there. Um, you know, I. I thought this was probably their most enjoyable match of the three. We had both of them bleeding, which, although here's a complaint that it pissed Dan off, which I was actually happy about. The table spot, the crossroads through the table happened during the fucking picture in picture. Oh, yeah. It's like the biggest move in the match. And it it was... 10 seconds before it came back from commercial. Yeah, like, no, I, 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 I kind of thought, cause you know, usually when I watch it, I just kind of skip past the picture in picture. Yeah. You know? And then kind of when I came back, I was like, Whoa, did I go too far? Biggest you know? move like, of yeah, the fucking match. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, now all of a sudden they're both bleeding. What happened? Like yeah. we, we were fortunately looking, we watched it live and we saw it. And yeah, Dan was furious. I'm like, dude, if you actually listen to the show, you would learn that this is like my number one complaint week in, week out is timing the commercials. So get better. Because like, again, this would have made the match even that much better. Um, I agree. But yeah, I I enjoyed this. Uh, Again, it was a bit of a fuck fest. And, you know, Arn was tight and... uh, yeah, um, I thought Cody showed some great fire at the end. I, too, wanted Malachi to win, of course. Yeah. You know, he obviously looked great yet again. Like, the guy's a fucking stud as well. God, could you imagine seeing him versus Danielson or yeah. him versus Punk? God, mm-hmm. it's going to happen one day. Yep. Uh, Cody hit two crossroads and the Tiger Driver 98, or known as the J-Driller, for the victory. Liked seeing that. Um, just a different move for him as well. And... Here's my hope. They've had three matches. Malachi won two. Cody won one. Can we just call it? Yeah. Like, Cody got the definitive win. Malachi doesn't need to come back. But I have a feeling they're going to continue this storyline. I hope they don't because both guys need a new direction here, especially Malachi Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, well, and I think, you know, are they trying to work their way to, like, you know, not get Cody, like, booted all anymore, like, through this storyline? Because I don't think that's how you do it. I know. I think they might be. And yeah, it worked a little on Rampage. Again, the people want to see Malachi win this match. So it's mm-hmm. just going to be tough. Yeah. I hope a heel turn is coming or at least again, an SHP. Um, yeah. Uh, again, though, just to say like, this is the most interesting these last couple weeks that Cody has been yeah. all year pretty much. So yeah. I'll give them that. But you're right. Like, this is only temporary. You're going to have to either keep doing shit with him or make a turn or else he's still going to get fucking booed. So, but it's ultimately up to Cody here. Clearly, you know, he's essentially, you know, as an EVP, he's probably really dictating his storyline to a very large degree. So, you know, I think the Arn stuff has been great thus far. And you had Brock and Lee Johnson out there at ringside as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think this was a definitive ending to the story. And I think I'm uh, I'm good with it. You're right. They were uh, they were booing Cody at the end of the show, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So Malachi Black's first loss at AEW, definitely a bummer. But, you know, if he, it was going to be tough for him to beat Cody three times. Um, yeah. I still wish it would have happened. But where does he go from here? Like, yeah. hopefully we get to see a really pissed off Malachi Black. I love that there was one image where his blood mixed with like his makeup mm-hmm. and he was just like looking up. It just was so fucking badass. Like mm-hmm. it looked awesome. Um, but yeah, mostly I really enjoyed this match and uh, you know, it was fun and uh, let's uh, go a different direction with both these guys. eh? Yeah, I concur. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Hey, uh, I guess that's uh, anything to add from you here. Not particularly. I mean, you know, I think that, you know, that match, this last match kind of, you know, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would Mm -hmm. uh, going in. And yeah, I completely agree agree with you. Kind of need a definitive end, you know, need, you know, like they're not going to, you know, make Malachi turn heel and get people to boo him by keeping him with Cody, you know, and then they're not going to, you know. He pretty much is heel, but people love him anyway. Yeah, it's more the Cody character here. Like Malachi can keep doing his thing, yeah, and, and they and they can't do what they want to with the Cody character. I think through this, yeah, like this is kind of an opportunity to go in a new direction. Like he squelched the demon. You know that that was the whole thing Arn was bringing up. Like Malachi has done this to you and to us, and you got to beat him. Okay, yep. he beat him. Now what? Who's he going to face at full gear? You know, yeah, like, I hope they don't do this match again. But, yeah, like, maybe they will because I don't know what else they could do with them in the next few weeks. But I don't know. That's the thing now that the talent has grown so much in this company over the last couple of months. People are going to be left off this card, no yeah, doubt about it. Like, well, probably a good amount of people. Um so, yeah, uh, buckle in. Uh, we are on the road to full gear, and uh, I imagine the card will be getting a little more fleshed out uh, here uh, next week. Need a Need a potato. All right, everyone, so we're fucking back. So I'm sure you know. Last week started out going well. Then apparently someone fucking paid Ryback to go out there and fucking talk shit about New York style pizza. Wait, wait, Greg. Do you want hoax? I finally think I remember what my friend said. You know, to to give advice to your friend. Oh shit, well, uh, fuck, what did he say? He'd say that if he didn't sign that contract, that maybe sacrificing success to save himself is better than... Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Leadenism Horror Podcast, Lee Plummer! Well, okay then. Uh, Lee, how the fuck are you? Doing good, Greg. How you doing? You know, I'm not doing fucking terrible. Oh, hey there, Mr. Plumber. What's up, Hoagie? All right, all right. Let's fucking get into this, all right? Tell me the fuck about your podcast. Well, the name of it is the Leadinism Horror Podcast. Um, you know, I've been a fan of horror movies my whole life. It's uh, We do reviews. We put together lists. Um, you know, there's no producers, no outside distractions. It's just me talking about what I love and doing what I love. Ah, you know, that sounds like a pretty fucking nice time, to be honest with you. 
you know, I got a friend with a talk show and people are always fucking, you know, telling them what to do and trying to make an ass out of them. You know, I thought a horror podcast would be kind of stupid because why fucking listen to people talk about the movies when you could just fucking watch the movies yourself. Right. But shit, talk about stuff and not have a single person bearing down on you. Sounds like a fucking dream. Yeah, what a world that would be. Yeah, maybe people might fucking like that kind of podcast, you know, kind of like the opposite of the one my friends got, you know? Yeah, it's pretty tight. Our last episode was about Halloween Kills, and uh, I fucking loved it. You know, I watched it first at home on Peacock, um, but I loved it so much. I then went out to the theater to see it again. Holy fucking shit. I watch Halloween Kills all the fucking time. It's one of my favorite fucking movies. Fuck, what was your fucking favorite part of that movie? Shit. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I just loved how it wasn't just about Michael and Lori this time. It was kind of about what Michael has done to this town for 40 years. And um, it was just a different angle on it. I loved it. And uh, Michael was fucking pissed. The body count, you know, is that how many people he killed in it was incredible. Uh, the twist ending was great. I think they really nailed it with this one. Yeah, you know, I really fucking love the part about how the movie's really just about that one specific person and not the other people who have been sort of involving themselves in the movie. You know, it's really fucking great that it's just about that one person, you know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. That's uh, kind of the opposite of what I just said, but um, I feel you. I feel you on that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I never fucking saw the movie, right? I, so I got, I got to ask you, right? What what are your favorite Halloween movies out there? What are your favorite fucking horror films? Uh, well, you know, big fan of the Michael Myers movies. Uh, the Thing, um, love that. The Chucky movies are great. American Werewolf in London. The Fog. I mean, I, I could go on and on. Mm. I mean, the, those are some fucking horror movies to be sure. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a real fucking list of them. Uh, what do you what do you what do you like about the movies? Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of uh, something I grew up on. You know, most kids were watching Disney movies when they were little and I was watching horror movies. It's just uh, something I've always just really enjoyed watching my entire life. Just kind of grew up with them. Sometimes I get the feeling that like uh, as horror movies progress and, you know, you show newer horror movies to, to, you know, your friends or whatever, that like it seems like modern horror movies seem to be like scarier than some of the classics would you would you agree with that that they're getting scarier or do you think that that maybe that different uh eras just speak to different you know different zeitgeist what what, what would your take be on that i think it's it, they've changed over the years i think they're upping the gore there's a lot less you know uh dread in the movies there's a lot less suspense the old movies, they would barely show the killers, and now they just show the killer half the movie. So I think it's it's mainly focusing on gore these days, whereas the mm. older movies didn't. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, yeah, and, and Greg, I know you've shown me a lot of horror movies, but uh, one one you've never shown me that that, that, that really stuck with me was a, a, a Race Ahead. Now, that's, that's really less of a horror movie, more of a cinema of the uneasy you know but but i was just curious mr plumber what, what what you thought of that film bottom five movie of all time terror <laughs> a 
Oh my God, for, for fucking sure. That movie fucking sucks. The only movie I like from fucking David Lynch is Dune, right? Oh, damn, it's like fucking you and me were brought up in the same theater, Lee. How about that, everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that movie. We did a whole three-hour podcast episode on that movie just being a total piece of shit. The only other time I did a podcast that long was uh, when we talked about John Carpenter. Sure, yeah. You know, when we talk about Halloween, The Thing, The Fog, just classic Carpenter. None of that dumb shit like vampires or uh, what, what else does he have? The Ward. Uh, but especially Ghost to Mars. Fuck that movie. Really want it, don't you? You really want to fucking see it. Everybody, you want to see me get into this dumb motherfucker's ass right now? Fucking shit, Hoagie. It sounds like my friend was fucking right about his talk show. Fuck you, Lee. That only that original Halloween classic, that original Halloween, it's only classic because Carpenter is too fucking dumb and old, just like you are getting in that stupid fucking chair. What? Fuck you, Greg. Vampires, The Ward, Ghost of Mars. Those are some of the best horror movies of all fucking time. God, you're so fucking dumb to see it. You must coach for the fucking New York Giants. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey, you suck. Your podcast sucks. People only like you because you get up here and make a fucking ass of yourself. You're toxic. You really think you're somebody, but you're actually just the same fucking pathetic loser that you were right before you got in the show. And now you're fucking being played by... The fuck, Hoagie? I mean, look, they were loving it. Hey, Greg. Remember when that guy from Philly asked me? Hoagie, why do you hang out with this asshole? Well, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I've always have known the answer to that question. If you were to switch out the word asshole with the words, my friend. Greg, why do I hang out with Greg? Of course I know that. But I don't know the answer to that question when it is just. Why do you hang out with this asshole? The fuck? What do you mean? If my friend thinks that this is the best version of himself, the best he has to offer, then I don't know why I keep doing this. Well, maybe it fucking is. Well, I don't believe that for one second. Not my friend who, you know, helped me through a, a very, very difficult time in my life who who saved my life that version of your friend is a fucking loser and he stops getting up here and falling apart and being an asshole then you know no one's gonna want to watch them anymore and then i'll just be a fucking loser again greg listen even if this show might go away and my livelihood might go away. And I'd be right back where I came from. I'm making a choice right now. I want my friend back. No matter what happens. That's awesome, Hoagie. You sacrifice all this just to save a friend. You know? That's why you're you. I'm not fucking you, Hoagie. I'm not who you think I am. I am what... 
everyone wants, right? Okay, this is fucked up. Like, this is pretty fucking weird here. Who the fuck do you think you are talking to? No one, you dick. No, you're not talking to no one. You're talking to Greg fucking Goldman. I'm the top fucking podcaster in the fucking world. Nobody. You know what? You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at a fucking nobody. That's what I'm looking at right here when I look at you. I swear to God, you have to be the biggest fucking prick I've ever met. I listen to your fucking podcast, all right? I've seen that blazer. You got that a fucking Goodwill, didn't you? I bet you took the fucking subway here, F-train looking motherfucker. I know you look. You think you're big time, huh? You think anyone gives a shit about what you have to say about your fucking horror movies, huh? I bet there's fucking a million other fuckers out there just like you. I've heard it. It sounds like trash. I bet you're using a fucking $30 Target fucking microphone, you fucking bum. You fucking amateur ass bum. You're fucking lucky to be on our show, all right? Nobody likes you. You have no fucking real friends. You're probably going to fucking die alone because nobody wants to fucking be around you more than five seconds. All right? Have fun in podcast purgatory, asshole. So I'm going to get this fucking dick off my stage. All right. Fucking show's over. Everyone get the fuck out of here. Greg! Yo, what? Jesus fucking Christ, Box. Have you just been hiding around this corner the whole time? Yep. Unbelievable show. Best fucking one. Uh, yeah, sure. You know what to do, Greg. All right. Greg. Yeah, Hoagie? Please. You don't have to do this. You don't have to be this person. Hoagie, you don't think I fucking looked through it? I read the fucking contract, all right? I don't give a shit. It's not a matter of me choosing to be this person or not. This is what I fucking am. This is what people love. I'm a train wreck. I'm a fucking demolition. People want to see the building get torn the fuck down. But Greg, this isn't buildings we're talking about. It's talking about people. And yeah, yeah, I may have come from something much, much worse. And have a little bit more writing on this show than you, because I ain't got nothing saved up. But no matter what our situation, everyone deserves at least a tiny bit of empathy, you know? You're not just someone that people watch fall apart and laugh at you. You're not just someone that people throw away when they're done with you like trash. You're a human being I care a whole lot about. Hoagie, I want to trust you. You know, I want to believe that you want the best for me and that you don't want me to go back to that shitty fucking apartment in Queens, but no one ever gave a fuck about. But Hoagie, I don't know if you know who I really am. You won't regret it, Greg. You never will. L.A. next week, boys. Big show next week. Big, big show.